Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Let's get straight to a quick preview of the docket. First, at least someone knows the definition of open courts. The prosecution in the Vallo de Bell matter, well, they don't want to go to trial either, apparently. Blame it on the drugs is not a defense. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, aficionados. Thanks for watching. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. Hit that little bell for notifications when we go live or put up new content. And I highly recommend you going back and listening to our live show that we did last night. I thought it was pretty good. And then, as always, remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. All right, let's go ahead and open the docket for Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Well, an Ohio appeals court has sided with journalists in a dispute over access to evidence and photos in the trial of the man accused of playing a role in the mass murder. George Wagner IV is one of several defendants charged in the Ohio's so-called Pike County Massacre. Well, Judge Randy D. Deering issued an order on July 1st of 2022 that banned the press from recording any exhibit displayed in the case. Until all verdicts are rendered and all trial proceedings have been concluded, no media recording shall be made of any exhibits before or after such exhibit is admitted into evidence. That's what the judge's order said. An additional order caused even greater concerns. The appellate court opinion explains. With regard to the supplemental media order and the request to photograph the shoe print exhibits, the court did not conduct a hearing, make appropriate findings, or enter its decision on the record. Yeah, it's funny. They have to do those things in public and they have to make a record. Can you imagine such a thing? Oh my God, where does that come up as well? Anyway, the administrative judge, Michael D. Hess, wrote from the appellate bench, it is unclear whether any hearing was conducted regarding the initial media order, but the entry fails to make any findings. So how this came about was the Cincinnati Inquirer sought a writ of prohibition, which is basically a motion to block the judge's order. And court found that the Ohio Constitution contains a guarantee that, quote, all courts shall be open, end quote, and Ohio court rules require that the judge assigned to a trial or hearing shall permit the broadcasting or recording by electronic means and the taking of photographs in court proceedings that are open to the public as provided by law, the judge wrote. The judge continued that the standard for a writ of prohibition has been met largely because the judge failed to conduct a hearing to ascertain whether press access to the exhibits in question needed to be shut down. The appellate court also wrote that should Judge Deering or the prosecutors wish to restrict the media's recording access in the future, the trial court must hold a hearing and make the findings on the record. The supplemental media order and paragraph 16 of the initial media order are hereby stricken and deemed unenforceable, ending any other pending motions are denied as moot. Now, generally, appellate judges are generally disinclined to rule on the merit of issues without a factual record developed in the trial court. So this decision fits the general practice and pattern. However, the upshot was to grant the press access to the exhibits in question and gave a warning that the state of Ohio law as requiring open and transparent access to the courts. 
So that is a good thing. We could take a little lesson from this when we apply it to, I don't know, the Lori Vallow, Chad Bell case. What do these people have to fear? Um, the courts are supposed to be open and available to the public. You should be able to go in and walk in and take a look and, and see any trial or any proceeding at any time. In modern day world, why should we have to restrict it to just going down to the courthouse? Anybody should be able to do it. If it is a trial and the exhibits are shown and admitted into evidence, why should the public not be allowed to see that? Frankly, I think the world needs to see a little bit more of the reality of what takes place in these criminal proceedings and the brutality of what takes place in the world, not because people need to see all this ghoul, but they need to understand what America and society is dealing with when we're dealing with violent criminals. Now, everyone is given the presumption of innocence, We, but showing what is in the record, how is that prejudicing anyone whatsoever? The jury gets to see it. Why shouldn't we? Next on the docket, Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell. The prosecution doesn't want to go to trial either in this case. The prosecution filed their response to the motion to continue filed by Chad Daybell. Not surprisingly, the prosecution did not object. In fact, they joined. In fact, they gave more reasons for the judge to continue the uh, Chad Daybell trial. And besides, the prosecution hasn't objected to a single continuance requested throughout these proceedings. So I'm not sure why they would start by now by saying that they were ready to go to trial. The reasons for not opposing the continuance are, First, the state would request both matters be stayed pending a status conference to be scheduled in January based upon the following. The court has determined that the defendants are properly joined for trial. A stay is necessary for defendant uh, Vallow. Defendant Daybell has previously waived speedy trial and is now requesting a continuance. Defendant Daybell has requested his case be continued with a new trial date to be selected in January. The state believes if both matters are temporarily stayed, it will avoid relitigation of the same issue. The state would request we wait to select a new trial date until both defendants are in a position to have input in the selection of the trial date. The state would agree with the defendant Daybell's position. We wait to select a new trial date in January. And the state would suggest the court consider setting a trial date to begin in September of 2023 to allow Madison and Fremont counties to split the costs involved in the trial and a change of venue across the two fiscal years. The state believes the court can find good cause to continue the trial date for both defendants, given the complicated statutory issues with defendant Vallow, the joinder of these defendants is a, in a single indictment, the court having vacated the trial date in the co-defendant's case and defendant Daybell's previous waiver of speedy trial, the current request by the defense for continuance and the complexity and the costs involved in moving the trial to Ada County. Well, let me summarize what that means. Judge, we don't want to do this twice because it's expensive. Daybell has previously waived speedy trial, so don't make us do this twice, it's expensive. Let's wait until Lori Vallow is competent, so we don't have to do this trial twice because it's expensive. Set this in September so that we can split the cost between the fiscal budgets because this is really expensive. So in summary, do what we tell you to do because this case is really expensive. Ladies and gentlemen, justice is expensive. I am surprised that the prosecution just simply doesn't say we are ready. We will do this trial any place anytime you tell us where judge we'll have our witnesses we'll have our evidence and we'll be ready to go but instead they continue to continue to delay as well it's always about the money ladies and gentlemen
It's always about the money. Next, blaming it on the drugs is not a good defense. Please meet Mr. James Douglas Drayton, a candidate of an individual who will soon be spending the rest of his life in prison, if not on death row. Well, he was taken into custody in Georgia's Burke County on Monday morning after he allegedly committed an armed robbery and fled the scene in a stolen vehicle that authorities say was registered to a family member of one of the victims in South Carolina's Spartanburg County, which is about 145 miles away from where he was arrested. Now, he allegedly confessed to the crime, according to the Spartanburg County Sheriff, Chuck Wright, and he said that during a press conference that he, quote, he's basically said he's been hearing voices. Not sure what that means, but he knew he'd been using meth and had been up for four days, hadn't slept in four days, probably not thinking. Well, ladies and gentlemen, voluntary intoxication is never a good defense. If it worked, no one would ever be convicted because, well, most crime is committed while somebody is on some sort of drugs and alcohol. If somebody put the drugs or alcohol in you without your knowledge, then yes, you have a defense. But when you say, yeah, I did it, but the drugs made me do it, not a good defense doesn't work. Voluntary intoxication doesn't work at all. And it also takes off when you say drugs, it takes off the whole NGRI as well, because the voices are probably because of the drugs. Anyway, we move on. These alleged murders took place over the weekend in the town of Inman at the home that Wright described as a safe haven for drug use. And the deputies from the Spartanburg County Sheriff's Office responded to a death call at the residence on Bobo Drive on Sunday evening. Upon arrival, deputies discovered four people who had been uh, shot to death. A fifth victim was found still showing signs of life and was transported to the Spartanburg Medical Center where they later passed away. After the shooting, Mr. Drayton allegedly stole a car from the home, which he uh, crashed during a brief high-speed chase in Georgia when he was apprehended and is now waiting extradition back to South Carolina. He'll be charged with five counts of murder. What can you say, ladies and gentlemen? The drugs made him do it. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Armed with only a finger gun tucked under his shirt, a Florida man robbed a bank yesterday but was arrested within 10 minutes of pulling the heist for the grand total of $120. Paul James Sinclair, who's 56-year-old, entered a Chase Bank in Seminole, Florida around 1.25 p.m. on Monday and approached the teller. With his hand under his shirt, cops alleged that Sinclair made the shape of a gun with his finger and demanded that the clerk hand over cash. Sinclair also advised her not to push any buttons as he waited for her to open her drawer. After the bank employee handed over the $120, Mr. Sinclair, who cops described as a transient, was arrested at approximately 1.36 p.m. and charged with robbery. He's being held in the county jail in lieu of a $100,000 bond. Oh, and no weapon was found when he was arrested. Now, Mr. Sinclair, you may say, did he get a, the dumb criminal of the day award because he was arrested literally 11 minutes after this uh, bank robbery took place? No, 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 no. Why he is the dumb criminal of the day is, listen, first and foremost, don't steal other people's things, Okay doesn't belong to you. You know what your mother always told you? Keep your hands off stuff that doesn't belong to you, right? Rule number one. Two, if you're going to rob a bank, and we're certainly not condoning or telling anyone to rob a bank. We're, let's just make that perfectly clear. But if you do it, you walk in and you politely say, may I please have some money? 
because if the clerk gives it to you, guess what? You're not using force. You're not using intimidation, the threat of violence or a weapon. Okay, even a simulated weapon, you might as well take a real weapon in because under the federal sentencing guidelines, if this was an FDIC insured bank, guess what? There's going to be enhancements for that. And it goes from a simple robbery to an aggravated robbery when you use a simulated or real weapon. So Mr. Sinclair, for all of those reasons and the 11 minutes it took you to get arrested, you are our dumb criminal of the day. Congratulations. You've made it. All right. Thanks for watching. We hope you have a wonderful day, not just a great day, and we'll see you next time on Crime Talk.